Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The Phoenix Suns are now 48-21 and 21 following their second consecutive loss. They lost to the Lakers on Sunday, and on Tuesday night, Matthew... They went to Golden State and lost, being outscored by 12 points in the fourth quarter as the Golden State Warriors scored 30 and the Suns scored 18. Matthew, how, how you doing there, buddy? Oops. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, Oops. man. Yeah, I think I'm doing okay after this one. It's not too bad. Just kidding. This one sucked. The last yes. two really sucked, but... I don't know. I mean, we're going to ask who this team is. I guess this is them right now. They really got to figure things out. There's a lot of things they got to um, tighten up, I guess, with the screwdriver, whatever Jay Crowder was saying. So get that screwdriver back and let's see if we can tighten things up. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the Lakers game, I wasn't overly concerned. I was frustrated because mm-hmm. you never like to lose to the Los Angeles Lakers. But when you're going against a team that's fighting for the eighth seed, and, and don't get me wrong, they're There is some side benefit here of the Warriors winning this game. There is some silver lining, but you want the Suns to handle their shit. You want to go into the playoffs knowing that this team is gelling, playing like they were earlier in the season. And it's not a case of peaked too early. It's a case of the back end of the schedule for the Phoenix Suns was very difficult to navigate that. We knew that. We knew that 12 of the last 16 games were going to be on the road. And of those 12, 14 would be against playoff teams. So we knew that there was going to be a hiccup. It's just not something you really want to see at the back end of the season, knowing that the door was open still for the number one seed. It's effectively closed now. It is. I think the two seed, we've heard on Burns and Gambo, all those shows really the Suns are the number two seed. It seems like they have that locked in their head kind of right on the court. They don't seem like they can go too far or too small in each game. They just... They're themselves right now, right in the second seed. That's what they think they are, so that's the way they're playing. And it's, it's kind of showing, I think. I, I agree. I think that, you know, it's th- this is th- – they are who we thought where they were. No, I mean, they're they're still a quality <laughs> team. Uh, we're, we're still a second seed in the NBA, yeah. but we are also kind of kind of shaking in our boots a little bit. So we'll get into that amongst other things here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So for those of you who've decided to join us live, whether it be on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, thank you. We appreciate you coming Thank and you. joining us for the therapy session following the Suns' second loss in a row. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and give us a thumbs up button. We didn't lose tonight, so don't give us a thumbs down button. We didn't lose. The Suns lost. Give us a thumbs up for, for still coming on here and trying to manage our emotions following a frustrating loss like that. If you are also on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as well. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and we'll read it right here on the show. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and that motorcycle that just went driving by. <laughs> yeah. Follow, follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. All right. At Matthew Lissy. All right. Well, I'm going to pop open a beer because this is definitely a night that calls for some drinking. So I got a nice crisp 805 with me. Matthew's drinking mm-hmm. water with his Invisalign. So let's let's pop them open. It, it's, it's a night to drink, Suns fan. So cheers with me, if you will. I can't even get it open. It's one of those nights. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's talk about this Suns loss to the Golden State Warriors. Cheers. This 
this is one of those games that's a little hard to digest. You felt that something good was not going to happen for the Phoenix Suns as the game progressed, considering the fact that they had Steph Curry kind of checked and they were still the Warriors were still in the game. Yeah, they, they did from three, right? I feel like Steph Curry obviously won for 11 from three. He still found his way in the paint, but I think I can say that for almost <laughs> every warrior yes. on that team, the paint, it's been something we haven't really spoke too much about it, but the paint is really an issue right now with this team. I was like, it's so nice to have a team earlier in the season that can just rebound, play good defense, you know, inside the paint, something mm-hmm. that the, of course the, the old fast break sons can do seven seconds or less team. So it's like, oh, we have that now this year. We don't have to worry about it, but it's such a big worry now. It's almost as bad as it was back then to where any offensive possession, you know, it's one and done right now. Anytime they're on defense, who knows if they'll get the rebound and can have another chance on offense. That's the way they're playing right now. And I, and I, it, it probably is effort. Maybe it's just not knowing where to go. The effort on both sides, the teams we're playing, the effort is crazy right now. With the play-in tournament, you're getting a lot of good play from other teams. It's like down to the wire each game. It's going to be that way. So it's like, how are the Suns going to find themselves in that? That's the next step. And we're, we're finding out right now. It's a little bit slower to get used to for them, I think. Yeah, the challenge for the Suns is something that, again, we, we noted come the time in which the, the, uh, the trade deadline occurred. We needed some sense of rebounding and a backup big for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and... There's, there's no presence inside right now. These last two games yeah. have truly exposed the Suns. They're like, listen, if you focus on the paint, you're going to have an opportunity to beat this team. You look at the total stats tonight, points in the paint. Now, granted, the Golden State Warriors are a team that averages 45 points in the paint per game. They scored 62 tonight. 62 points that's over half of their 122 points came in the paint because the presence just isn't there uh you know the same thing happened against the lakers where there's like listen you know we can shoot threes uh but if that's not going down let's try another strategy and and it can work and something that i feel like the suns have done a good job of this season is having the ability to uh play good team defense so if somebody was to come in the paint they could negate it with rebounding they could you know the second chance points or something that uh, they negated, but in this game, they, the second chance points, 29 for the Warriors, 12 for the Phoenix Suns. So that equated to how many more shots? The, the, the Warriors had 95 shots in this game. The Suns had 79. That's ridiculous. You're not going to win games when that happens, man. No, you're not. And honestly, when the Suns first came out, it was like a three-point contest for them. They were doing great. Mm-hmm. And EJ even commented, he's like, you don't want to. You don't want to like step up to the Suns in that way, right? You don't want to have that kind of game because the Suns can match you. But I don't know if that's even correct because I don't think the Suns really can match a lot of people from three, a lot of other teams from three. So it's like we're kind of adjusting to our own game right now. It seems like they're trying to find their own way again. You know how we like we created Aiden Watch basically because he was so separate from the team. We're watching him; he's doing his own thing. Now it just seems like that between the Trinity of Aiden Booker and Chris Paul, there's not a whole lot of connection there. If there ever was, I mean, either either game, all the games this season were either decided by like a good Booker game or a good Chris Paul. You know, it, that's the way it was. Now it's just like they're trying to find themselves leading up to the playoffs, and it seems a little bit rushed. You can kind of see it on Booker in the first half, too. He looked a little bit too amateurish in a way to where he's trying to get used to this team, trying to get not to get under the, his skin too much, not to let that happen. And honestly, he did a pretty good job. It took him a while. In the second half, he looked great. But it's just that just getting used to this kind of game, it's going to be hard, I think, harder than they thought. It's going to be pretty messy. Yeah, the playoffs are a completely different level of competition. It is a every possession is long and drawn out. And then the weight of those possessions will truly come down upon you. And the Suns are starting to go in some of that ISO ball. I mean, you look at kind of the end of the game and there's no fluidity to this offense. There's no. Let's run some high pick and roll with eight and see what that opens up. I mean, that's what's made this team successful all year. The high pick and roll. Your shooters are open on the outside. Uh, if that's not working, you have D-Book coming off screens and, and creating space for himself. And they kind of just run this little Booker slash CP3 ISO ball at the end of games because it was tied. I mean, you go into the last five minutes of the game, the clutch time moments of this game. It was tied 110 
uh, a part a piece, and it was a twelve yeah. six scoring run for the the Warriors to end the game, and that's because they were they had fluidity on offense. They would attack the middle, and if nobody was there, they would dunk it. You know, Wiggins was having his way inside, and if somebody was there, they were cut off. They'd hit a wide open three point shooter because the de- they were putting the defense in compromising situations. And there was instances in this game. You look at Devin Booker, twenty two points in the third quarter, had a fantastic third, carried the team. He scored twenty two of their thirty two points carried the team by being aggressive and attacking. And then from that, he could create more offense. It's the same thing that the Suns could do, but for some reason, they become stagnant and they don't do it. And it was weird to see in this game. Yeah, it was. And I think Booker did his best that he could this game, really. It's just, there came a time where there's like the 16-point lead in the third, I believe. And mm-hmm. what happens is, the way the Suns play you think they're up more, right? You think they're up by like 25 or 30 points. That's the way it seems, but it's always like 12 or 16 points. Never enough to really put these teams away. Not saying that you want to put away the Warriors because they're going to give they're going to give it their all right now going into the playoffs. So it's going to be a tough outing, even with Kelly Oubre. But honestly, it's it always seems like for some reason when the Suns are in these messes with the leads, and I'm not one to say, oh, you had a 16-point lead. How did you lose a game? Because that's the NBA. Yes. But it just seems like we should be up more in those situations. And the way the Warriors are playing there in the third, I thought that was a make or break for the Suns because the Warriors look really lost, and all of a sudden they got their confidence mm-hmm. back in the fourth. The Suns just didn't have a chance to really you know, get it to them, like just step up in a big way. It was something that was really missed tonight, obviously. Well, and again, they they have an opportunity to step on the throat of the competition. I think that's what you're referencing is their ability to step on the throat of the competition. They time and time again, we let teams back. And again, you're right. You know, you, you I don't want to go on this whole dissertation of, well, they let the team back in the game. You know, they could have won it, but they didn't because they let the team back in the game. That happens to everybody in the NBA. So I'm not even going to go down that route. I think the thing that is frustrating is the fact that the Suns did play quality defense relative to the perimeter against this team. They held the Golden State Warriors, to, who's the fifth best shooting three-point shooting team in the league, to 27.5% from three. Yeah. There's only a handful of games earlier in the season that's happened to the Warriors. Uh, less than 75% coming into this game. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games that that's happened for the Warriors. They're one and eight in those games. <laughs> Stephen Curry, this was his. This was tied for his worst shooting night from three. He went one for 11 from three, which tied his performance on the 24th of February against the Indiana Pacers, a game in which the uh, the Warriors also won, which is kind of funny. But I mean, you know, that's what this team is. That's who they live by. That's their identity. And Mm -hmm. your whole goal is, you know, I mean, that was I had to write the all the 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 preview, uh, the recap, everything for Brightside today. The Warriors was my last uh, game of the regular season. And that was in my keys to the game. That keys to the game contains Steph. You contain Steph. You make the other guys beat you. uh, You're going to have a chance to win this game. Steph Curry ends with 21 points, seven for 22 shooting, uh, six assists. And you lose by six because you let Andrew fucking Wiggins score 38 on you, man. 38 from Andrew Wiggins tonight. It's weird because. When you're saying to stop Steph, that's stopping him, right? That the, the stats you read off, that is yes. exactly what you need to do. But then the double teams and stuff, maybe it's too much. Because to me, honestly, if Steph has it going, double teams, anything like that, he creates space. He can he can still get a mismatch if he wants. I really don't think there's a way to take away his three-point shot. I really don't think there's a way at all. And the Suns tried their best, and they did succeed. But in a way, it's just as an off night. I know everyone's talking about Steph Curry is just – have an unremarkable run he is but some games he's off from three he still is and he finds mm-hmm. way inside to get to the lane to or to get the rim and he was absolutely amazing that way tonight by these little creative weird shots inside that's just him but when you're doing that double and there's you know guys left open for three and they were having they got that confidence towards the end and that's what happens he's gonna find those guys and they're gonna knock them down and the with sons have been through these games i think where this has happened before, but teams would miss those shots. Of course, it's the NBA that's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in the play, like when a team feels it and you hear the fans and the crackling of the microphone because they're so freaking loud in there, those shots are probably going to go in because oh, of yeah. that home crowd. You know what I mean? The momentum behind that. That's really what got the Suns late in the game. And what the boogie trend says in our chat is ever so true. Lost to a Warriors team that was on the second night of a back-to-back after they played the Utah Jazz 
We had two days off to rest. We had a 16 point lead and Steph Curry was one for 11 on three pointers. Yeah. You know, when you look at the Suns when we've lost recently, we're like, well, you know, they were on the second night of a back to back. That's a scheduled loss. This is a scheduled loss for the Golden State Warriors. And the Suns mm-hmm. abided by only scoring 18 points in the second, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, the fourth quarter. And you look at it, you know, if you really look at the second half, they didn't, they, they were just so choppy on offense. Because again, 32 points in the third quarter, but 22 of those came from Book. So, yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is a team that, you know, got 34 from Booker, 24 from Chris Paul, and 20 from Jay Crowder because he was just going absolutely bonkers from three. Mm-hmm. And then just a very, very underwhelming performance from our boy, the guy who's going to get his own drop right now. You know what time it is. Watch 2021. I'm sorry, man, but it's I'm going off on eight tonight. I was not pleased with his performance at all. You know, we've talked about it recently. You know, we, we've given yeah. him a pass, I feel like, here on the Suns Jam Sassin podcast. We're like, you know what? Doesn't look really engaged. He's probably at that point of the season where he just wants to get to the playoffs. He wants to play in the in the games that matter. Guess what? This one mattered tonight. He has Kavon Looney on him. And he's getting boxed out left and right. He's allowing offensive rebounds. He's not scoring. The effort is piss poor. There's one play and where there's an inbounds play where they simply just throw the ball to DA. And he just misses it. It bounces between his legs. It's a fast break the other way. And the Suns only up by three. I mean, what did you see from eight tonight? Because everything I saw was piss fucking poor. Uh, Yeah, you covered it a lot. Um, What leads up to this, really, are those games where we're just like, oh, you know, offensively, it's okay. Like, you don't have to give the effort there. You know, it's okay. Like, there's certain games, maybe you can take the night off. But this is what happens when you're a big man trying to learn in the NBA. You take nights off. I'm not saying this is exactly, but this is my saying. This is what, so I guess I am saying this. So (laughs) I'm not saying this, but it's my saying. I, so I'm saying. I, just, I feel like a fool saying that because I'm like, how would I even know what he's like and how to even build off his game and do all that? But so Aiden, all the games he's kind of taken off, I kind of think it has something to do with this game where the reps and all of that just continue to have consistent games that are good. Stats aren't always there, but the effort needs to be there. The touches need to be there. The shots need to be there. If they're there, which is like 15 max some games. If that, it doesn't even have to be that much, but just the reps have to continue because he'll have yes. games like tonight where he gets the ball, fumbles it away, and it happened multiple times. It, it just simple passes to him, and he couldn't even handle it against anybody on the block. He couldn't really do much. So when he loses those reps, I think it kind of – you know, he's going to take a back seat a little bit going to these games that are more important because the pressure on him is maybe a hundred times more because these are going to be pressure, pressure situations in the playoffs where he needs to handle that ball, make a move, do something quick, be that other guy other than Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And it's hard if you're not putting in the effort every night, if you're going to take a night off, just sit on the bench and watch the team. But if you're out there on the floor, you don't think you need to try, then you're going to have, you're going to have these games. And that's why I always saw him like, uh, we just need to see consistency with him. And we've always said that, but that's what it leads up to, man. I think that's what happened tonight. And if just the effort wasn't there either, it was like, where do I stand? DeAndre is like, should I go stand over there? Should I push this guy over to the basket for no reason on offense and stand on the other side? Maybe it's the offensive play call, but there was so much tonight that's just such built uh, built up from the whole season to where at least it's tonight. And then hopefully not into the playoffs. Well, and again with DA, you know, you look at he ends with eight points, eight rebounds, and four for five shooting. So if you're somebody who didn't watch the game and you're looking at the box score, you're like, well, hey, man, they're not feeding him the ball. Like he mm-hmm. just, like, you know, he when he went four for five, his efficiency's through the roof. Like Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, Devin Booker, they need to get him the ball. That's part of it, but he needs to want the ball he wants he needs to put himself in the position to be willing to accept the ball when they throw it in on an inbound pass he needs to catch the ball and that's yeah. my frustration right now is and, and again i've stood on that mountain plenty of times this year where i've watched games where i felt like he was engaged enough to where he was ready for the ball and chris paul just wasn't making the passes they'll do a high pick and roll he's got eight and wide open but chris paul wants to run to the right and hit that shoulder that shoulder jump shot so i've seen games like that that wasn't like that tonight there was a game where it was a couple of games ago where I was like, dude, DA was calling for the ball. And he was kind of pissed at Chris Paul when he didn't provide him an entry pass. DA was just unbelievably passive again tonight. 
If there was anything that was a high pick and roll, which they didn't run very much of in this game, which I don't know why, because Kevon Looney isn't somebody who has great lateral speed. But if they did anything like that, it was just Aiton kind of half-ass set the screen, yeah. half-ass set the screen, and roll to like the free throw line. It's like, dude, cut hard. Get in there. Make yourself available. Be aggressive on offense. Normally, that starts with DA on defense. He'll have a couple really good defensive plays or a couple decent rebounds and has a nice outlet pass, and all of a sudden, he's kind of in the game. And it just felt like, again, tonight he wasn't engaged. He just didn't want to come. It's almost like he's been hanging out with Dario behind Circle K, and they've <laughs> oh, just been no. puffing, puffing Marlboro Red 100s because they yeah. just want to, like, hang out. They're like, dude, I just can't wait to the postseason because that's when I'll turn it on. It's like, dude, DA, you have no history of any postseason experience. You don't even know what's coming at you. You need to be playing your ass off right now, getting yourself into that continual rhythm. As you said, Matthew – Get the reps that are going to allow you to be successful come playoff time because it's not like one day you're going to go out there and be like, all right, guys, give me 18 shots. I'll show you what I can do. You have to learn how to get yourself into those situations and make yourself available to be open for those shots, and then from there, do something with it. There was a couple times where he had the ball. He started backing down. He'd go one bump. He'd go two bump, and he'd do one of two things. He'd start to go towards the basket, and this is when this is, he'd pass out of it. Or he just pick up his dribble and pass out of it. It's like, no, dude, fucking go at these guys, man. Like, yeah. get angry. Go at them. Like, show some of that aggression because you do that one time and the whole playbook opens up for the Suns. The whole playbook. And don't get me wrong. If the Suns had won this game, this rant was still coming because it was in my notes. I was very, very frustrated with his lackluster and lackadaisical sense of urgency tonight and well, and over the last week. I'm glad you're on the, my side of things a little bit. You kind of sound like me over there. <laughs> um, but honestly, With a few you know, more F-bombs. Dude, the reps thing is so true because even look at Devin Booker. How many reps have he, has he had? He's had a galaxy size worth more reps than DeAndre Ayton in his career. And he's still having a hard time because he is a guy on the team that's going to get double teamed. He has to figure things out quickly. He's going to have tough games, even worse than DeAndre Ayton, because I don't think teams even know how to game plan against Ayton. There's just things we see on the court that are just like, oh, I didn't see that before. Do that more. Do that yeah. more. And it just yeah, never happens. That. And he just Yeah, so 10 years from now, we'll we'll ask DeAndre Ayton, be like, so what was with the stretch of games? What was with the season? And he'll say, like, it was, I was tired. He'll say, I was tired. I was trying to take nights off. My other teammates are doing great. I was feeding them the ball, trying to have them win the game, basically. Most of these games, and I'll step up when I really, really need to. That's probably what he would say, because he's probably so freaking tired. That's why he'll admit that 10 years from now. Well, and that's a big part of what lies ahead for the Phoenix Suns, and it's the one thing that truly scares me. There's two things that scare me going into the playoffs. Two things. you know, The first off, and I'm not even going to go with the inexperience uh, relative to playing in big moments. It's the inexperience relative to fatigue for a lot of these young players. Devin Booker's never played this late into a season. And if I looked it up on basketball reference right now, I bet you he hasn't played this many minutes in one season in his career. That's no. that, that's my guess. Now, granted, you know, this is a shortened season, but still you look at Devin Booker's career and he's somebody who's had his seasons cut short due to injury uh, there's yeah. games where they're kind of, you know, they, they go into kind of tank mode, if you will. But if you look at his total minutes played in an entire season, uh, let's see. This ranks currently number four. 2,700 minutes in 2016-17, 2,500 minutes last season, 2,200 minutes. He's got he's at 2,170 before tonight's game. So, uh, but he's never played meaningful minutes yeah. in playoff situations. Devin Bo or uh, Mikael Bridges, no. DeAndre Ayton, no campaign a little bit but he didn't play a ton of minutes on the teams that he was on when he when he was in the playoffs jay crowder chris yeah. paul yes so we know that that's something that we have uh dario Sharch, yes frank kaminsky i don't know uh, no i don't think so i think maybe he went one time as a member of the charlotte hornets but again these guys haven't played with such weighted minutes so that's one thing that scares me going into the playoffs and the other thing is the fact that this team is really weak at depth in the past week or so we've really seen the suns just outplayed and outmatched on the interior and teams are starting to realize that now there's a ton of things I'm positive about too going into this uh this postseason this team has two closers this team has the ability to hit threes and most importantly this team has the ability to play defense and defense travels in the playoffs and that's gonna be very very important for this team to get out of the first round to play them in that second round uh is there anything that scares you and and here, here's another question mm -hmm. Would you be willing to play the Warriors in the playoffs? 
Oh my gosh. I don't want to play anybody. I don't I because play- this, this team is, they're still trying to find out what the hell to do. I know they are. So either team they play, it's going to struggle. Remember we talked about before, it's like the first game of any series. I think the Suns get blown out. I, I honestly, I do. And we've said that and we probably, it might happen. And then we're just like, oh my God, we're going to lose this series. But then those adjustments where I think they can make will come back and help them. Any team they play, man, I am just worried about. And it's just, that's, the way I feel every day it's of my it's life. It's the unknown, right? Like yeah. we've never seen this team in this version of the Suns in the playoffs. Not one member of this team was on the play on the Suns roster last time we were in the playoffs. So you just don't know, yeah. and that worries you, right? It does, absolutely, man. It really does, dude. Sorry, you trying to look something up while I talk? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, okay. I was just, I was just <laughs> thinking to myself, like, even though it's a frustrating evening. And the yeah. Suns have are now two and one against the Warriors this season. I would still rather play the Warriors than the Lakers in the first round. And that's the silver lining of this loss is the Warriors have kept pace with the Grizzlies. Okay. Because essentially what's happening at the bottom of the bracket, if you will, is the the Memphis Grizzlies are fighting for that number eight seed they yeah. they won tonight they beat the crud out of uh out of the dallas mavericks i believe out of out, yeah, of, out of 133 to what was it oh sorry 133 104 jeez luca the don luca yeah. the luca the sack tapper so they beat the crud <laughs> out of them so you, you know you, you look at let's see if i could pull this up real quick luca the sack um but you look at the uh, the standing as they sit currently. Phoenix, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we are out of the hunt for the number one seed. I think that we all can understand that. But let's pull this banner down here. So you see that the Gold State Warriors are are still trying to hold off the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are thirty six and thirty three. The Gold State Warriors are thirty seven and thirty three. And the winner has the right to play the Lakers, who essentially most likely will end up the seven seed. Now, granted, if, if the standings overall, Portland plays the Utah Jazz tomorrow. So if, so if Portland loses tomorrow, they drop to 40 and 30. Okay? That puts them uh, a game ahead of the Lakers. They play the Suns the next night. So if the Suns can beat them, then we have the opportunity to push them to 40 and 31. So that, that you know, that's uh, granted what the Lakers are going to do if the Lakers continue to win. Uh, the key here is the oh, holy shit, the Mavericks are in the play now. I didn't even realize that Mavericks are now the sixth seed, not Portland. And I haven't looked up that season series. Portland and Mavericks are tied at 40 and 29 in the standings. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, I don't know what their record is against the Lakers this year, but I know Portland holds the tri the the uh the tiebreaker against the Lakers this season. They've beat them two out of three times. So if they were both to end with a tied record, you know, the, the Lakers would fall into the play in. And the only reason I look at this is I kind of want the Lakers to win. I want Dallas yeah. and Portland to lose because I want the Lakers to get that six seed. Uh, but if they don't, we want Golden State to get that eight seed to play the Lakers because Golden State could boat race them, right? Yeah, exactly. And if we, the more we want with this, the more I feel like we're just going to bury ourselves under the sand when the playoffs start, just from fright <laughs> being so frightened by all these teams. You know what I mean? We're trying to mix and match with who we want to play. I just like the refereeing this year. It, it sucked, right? You know, and the Suns had to move on. They have a great record this year. And we've always had to fight the rest, it seems like. But the fans always want to say that. And I honestly think it's like whoever we play, it's just, you know, you have to go at them, of course. And I mean, that's what coach will tell them. But of course, I don't want the Lakers. But if it happens, then it happens, man. And can you imagine, though, if we were to play Lakers and beat them in a series though early with LeBron AD healthy, if that were possible, that would kind of suck for a reason to where I think it would be a letdown next series to where if we were to beat that those Lakers, we might be so tired. It, it might, we might have a parade before the next series here in Phoenix that, you know, things might tumble down from there. So there's that different ways be, to think about it. But that would be a successful season still. It would. It would. Fighting and grinding, getting all the way to the playoffs, and then losing in the first round to anybody, let alone the Lakers, is a disappointing season because I think our expectation was getting to the playoffs. Uh, but also winning, mm-hmm. you know, but now, granted, the Suns have worked their way all the way to a number two seed. You know, fucking embarrassing that is to go in as a two seed and lose in the first round uh bailey lyons says in the chat dallas and portland have the trailblaze or have the tiebreaker 
on the Lakers. So if okay. any of those teams end in a tie, the Lakers most likely are going to end up with the seven seed. So again, the silver lining is Golden State won tonight against the the Suns. They kept pace because I don't feel like the Grizzlies would stand a chance against the Lakers on the play-in game. But if there was yeah. a playing game and it was the Lakers versus the Warriors, I do feel that the Warriors do have a fighter's punch with the likes of Steph Curry uh, having the ability to maybe upset that team, knowing that that team is going to be just trying to reincorporate LeBron. Again, he took the night off again tonight. Uh, what was the final score of that game? It's not you, over yet. It's They're still not 98, over? 98-96 right now. Oh, wow. Time. So, so oh, it went to OT. So the Lakers, mm -hmm. if they lose that game, they're almost guaranteed that seventh spot. If they win, they could have an opportunity to jump to the sixth yeah. spot. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, a, a couple other things I wanted to talk about relative to the game tonight, uh, you know, kudos to Jay Crowder really came out and was leading the way from three. It felt like he couldn't miss, you know, it was, it was like so funny because like Steph Curry couldn't make a three. Jay Crowder was making everything, man. Yeah. Jay, and he's back in the starting lineup, which is funny. I was going to ask you too. Do you prefer Torrey Craig? I think we, I don't know if we talked about it last pod really, but Torrey Craig, he wasn't starting a lot of the two games once Jay was healthy. And I was kind of like, come mm -hmm. on, just put Jay back in there, mm -hmm. man. He's our starter. Don't mess with this stuff. And then Torrey had an off night last game. Now tonight, Torrey's back on the bench. Jay Crowder's back in. And honestly, Jay Crowder probably was feeling it, dude. Obviously, he was. He basically was unstoppable tonight. And that's what we needed, right? I mean, when we lost games without him in the lineup, we're just like, that Jay Crowder game might have helped us win the game. And he almost did tonight. Obviously, it fell short. But mm -hmm. it's nice to have Torrey Craig come back off the bench. And I think he's filling in for that Sarge role right now, too. And they're trying to see how that works. If Sarge doesn't get any minutes, how well do we play? <laughs> no, that's that's the right answer, though. I mean, Jay Crowder in the starting lineup is where he needs to be. He's a better offensive threat than Torrey Craig is. He's a better defensive th threat than Torrey Craig is. And I like Torrey coming off of the bench uh, and providing that spark, that intensity, uh, leading, you know, he gets the big rebounds. He gets it out to Cameron Payne, and Cameron Payne dictates the offense from there. You know, but with yeah. his move to the to the bench, he now joins our trio of backup bigs, which are Dario, Tori, and Frank. Right? Mm -hmm. D T F. There you go, man. Dario, Jeez. Tori, and Frank. D T F. We got a situation going on here, ladies and gentlemen. How you like that graphic I, I put up there, Matthew? <laughs> well, you absolutely made all the sons very, very happy, or else now they're actually slitting the wrist <laughs> from this loss. Oh, don't worry. By, by, the, by the time we uh, we go live on our next podcast on Thursday, I'm going to have music to this, and everything's going to get crazy, get loud. Uh, so, um, Okay. <laughs> I, I like it, dude. You just <laughs> I mean, at least you gave Sarge uh, the situation's abs, dude. Well deserved, yes, right? Yes, yes. I, th I thought that would be the funniest thing. So <laughs> I was great. actually I was writing a piece for Brightside today and I was just like commenting on our backup bigs. I'm like, Dario, Tori, and Frank. I'm like, oh shit, that's DTF. Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh -oh. So. But it's kind of weird because DTF is like what they called like the women that come back to the house. Oh, they're DTF, dude. Yeah, they're down to down to freak. So who's the people saying that about them? Like, are they it's just Suns fans? Well, when when Dario enters the game, you're like, ah, oh, he's down to freak up this game, man. Okay, I guess he's, he's not playing, he's not playing <laughs> well. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jersey Shore, so I love it. Bailey and Fabio in the <laughs> chat, like we're sticks. Sticks isn't a backup big for us right now. He's just not there yet. And it doesn't fit the DTF moniker. I just I can't make it work with a J randomly in there. So um yeah, yeah. Teams are DTF our backups in the score. <laughs> They're down to fuck up our backups in the box score. That's, That's fantastic. That <laughs> <laughs> and Brian in the chat. Dario's going worse from smoking camels to showing off his bod. Oh my God. LOL. Yeah. That's the only, the only kind of, that, that's the quality content you're going to get yeah. right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, did want to talk about Devin Booker tonight. You know, we mentioned him a little bit before, but 34 points on 11 yeah. for 21 shooting, eight for nine from the free throw line, seven rebounds, four assists. Also had the four turnovers. What'd you see from D Book tonight? Oh, man, Book. So, first half, <laughs> I said he was kind of amateur. Mm -hmm. amateurish a little bit he was and booker's big thing this year i've heard him say i can look into someone's eyes and i can tell like who they are i, I can read people's eyes tonight the first half he looked exactly like he was worried things were getting under his skin he was trying not to let it explode out of his pores he basically held it in till the end of the game which he finally came to realization like hey i'm better than these guys the double teams kind of 
did fade away towards the end of the third quarter, so he was able to do more. But Book's facial expressions had a lot to say. That close-up of him on the bench looking forward, that was exactly that was a real look. It wasn't a fake LeBron look where he knows the camera's on him. That was Book being like, you know what? I don't know why I'm letting this stuff bother me because everyone's noticing like the refs, the other players on their teams are kind of getting to book in a way it's affecting his game. And it's, it's totally true tonight in the second half. I honestly saw Booker in a way that I haven't really seen him to where he had it under control more of it, it affecting his play in a good way. And that's something that he needs to work on. And he, you could tell he is, he realizes that, which is very, very important because the one thing we were worried about Booker is in the playoffs of, things getting in his way, which were just his emotions, right? Getting in his way of his game because it affects him so much. He was able to hone it in tonight. And I love that, dude, because I think what he brings on the floor is real. You can see his emotion. It's real. A lot of these players are so fake-ass. I hate it. But yeah. everything you see on this guy's face is real. So tonight, even though it was a loss, I thought a really good second half by him. Yeah, no, I mean, without a doubt, he carried this team. And again, it was another one of those games where it's like the Suns need to be carried by one of their stars. And it was... Devin Booker trying it a couple games ago. Uh, CP3 has to do it at times. That's okay. I mean, that's what you pay yeah. him for. So I'm not saying that we, we should be disappointed that he had to carry the team. Uh, but you're right. You know, he was uh, being allowing himself to be frustrated by the Warriors in the first half. He really locked in. And it was nice to see that him lock in because that's one of those questions we've been raising as of late is like, listen, when we hit the playoffs, what version of Devin Booker are we going to get? Is he going to rise to the challenge that is the NBA playoffs? Or is he just going to be just a star, just a guy who has the ability to put up points during the the, the regular season? and doesn't do much in the playoffs. And we've talked about that in the past. You know, what makes you a superstar? Well, what makes you a star is is getting uh, all-star selections and being recognized by your peers and doing these great things. But a superstar is somebody who shows up and, do, and continues that in the playoffs, knowing that everything is stacked against him. You know, one thing that frustrated me about Book, and again, I was really, what are you laughing at? Your drop. I just, I'm thinking about it finished for the next game. <laughs> Well, F Fabio in the chat says, how about Sticks, Tori, and Dario, STD? Yeah, that's what Listen. Booker had one of those on his lips, right? <laughs> a little herp on his lip. You see that? <laughs> little herp. Little um, but again, I think that as I was analyzing his game tonight, one of the things that we forgive Devin Booker a lot for is he gets away of lot of uh, he gets away with a lot of bad decisions on his off the ball defense. He is piss poor off the ball defense. He's the guy who always is out of position, is collapsing for the to the lane. And I don't know why he collapses to the lane. I don't, you know, he's not a, he's not a Russell Westbrook who's going to go out there and grab you ten rebounds a night. He's, you know, is he afraid that if he's hanging out by the three point line guarding his man as he should, that it's going to open up a part of the lane that's going to allow the offense to score? Well, then let them. Da is down there for mm -hmm. a reason. Is he afraid that he's going to get beat by somebody who, you know, if he's looking over to the left and a guy's on behind him on the right, all of a sudden the guy's going to sprint by him. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, I got, I got beat by him. Instead, he sags into the defense on the weak side. And when the ball gets whipped around and tonight you, I, it was noticeable because the ball was getting whipped around so much because Steph Curry was getting doubled and triple team. And when that happens, he gets the ball out quick. It's a whip, whip, whip. And then it's a wide open three pointer in the corner. Now, granted in the first half, those weren't following, following, Falling. Am I saying following or falling? Falling. In the second half, those were following. And a lot of them, if you go back and watch the tape, were on a, a sagging uh, Devin Booker mm -hmm. on defense. He's never had the ability to close out well. I don't think I've ever seen him block a shot, so I don't even know why he puts his fucking hand up. But what do you think about that? I definitely think he had saggy boob socks on tonight, dude. He was sagging in the middle. And I <laughs> <laughs> um. Dude, so I, the only thing I can say is when he does that, honestly, I think that the play's not going to come his way. So he just does that just because. He doesn't think it's going to make a difference. But then once we're, as fans, paying attention to that, then it always goes horribly wrong. And it, it usually does for him. For some reason, he's that way. So what sucks is if you're doubling Steph Curry, you don't have guys to rely on, you know, switching and getting back to their guys. It's going to happen all game long. You know, him and DA got into it at the end of the game. Booker started yelling at him for some reason. Even Book or even Aiden switching, it's really bad lately. So yeah, whatever those slow. guys are doing, it's super slow. And you can say like, oh, he didn't have a chance there. But we saw DA on defense this year. Him switching in the paint, remarkable. And I'm like, honestly, you just know the difference. And tonight, Booker and Aiden were both the same exact way. The switching 
whatever they're trying to do on offense, the off ball was not working. And I don't know if it's an effort thing. I just think it might, might've been maybe for eight and it's an effort thing but for Booker. It might be a little bit more just himself, right? Booker. It's a habit. I mean, it's, it's a career habit. He's always had poor off ball defense. You just really notice it on a game like tonight where the Suns are throwing doubles. Cause this, the Suns aren't a team that throw a lot of doubles. We know that yeah. we talk about it here a lot. It's like, listen, you know, we're, we're playing Anthony Edwards. He's crushing us through three quarters. Like, throw some doubles at this rookie. He can't pass out of it. He doesn't know how to yet. And so, and the Suns don't do it. They just, they play good, solid team defense. But the issue that they have is when they do throw doubles, Dem Booker's the guy you're going to try to target. You're like, dude, just get it around to whoever Book was guarding because I guarantee you he's fucking 10 feet away from the guy now. And every time that happens, and again, we allow that to happen because he goes through and, and carries this team. He scores 34 points. He does everything he can offensively to try to keep his team in it. Uh, but again, that's just uh, something that will be taken advantage of come playoff time. You know, we're at that point now. There's three games left in the season. It's Portland, San Antonio, San Antonio. And then it's playoffs, baby. And every little thing that you analyze about this team, and we do a lot of analyzing. We go live after every game. We've missed, what, one game this season? Is that right? Mm -hmm. One yes. Saturday night, the solar panel went live rather than us. We've gone live every game. And you, you you notice these little kind of breadcrumbs that the Suns leave behind. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we don't do closeout defense. That's good by Booker. Yeah, well, Aiton isn't always aggressive on the pick and roll relative to getting down into the paint and try to call for the ball. You know, yeah, Cameron Johnson's three's been off, you know, for a month now these things get amplified in the playoffs because it's like, you know, it's like you said, that first game, no matter what happens, the Suns are going to get killed in the first playoff game. Like we already know it. Yeah. We know we're going to go live at the Chupacabra tap room in Mesa, Arizona, and everyone's going to be pissed <laughs> because the Suns <laughs> lost and got boat racing, right? The season's over. It's yeah. like, no, it's just like, it, it's not, but it, it's all these little things will be exposed. And then it's going to be up to Monty and the team, you know, Monty and the coaching staff to understand and recognize why they are going to lose the way they are. God, we're such Suns fans, so pessimistic. And it's up to the players to execute. It is. And honestly, there's going to be a lot of broken glass in that bar, probably. Mm -hmm. a, few, a few wounds. Who knows? We're going to be chucking shit around. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. But then next game will be fine. Yep. So that is a reminder to all of you who are local Jamsters who live in the greater Phoenix area. That first playoff game, we will be, we will be going live. We'll be doing a pop-up podcast with the Sun Solar Panel, and we'll be going. We'll be live from the Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa, Arizona. Come see the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I'm so, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I hate the fucking Jack Taylor Award, John. Well, 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 I'm just trying to set up the next drop, and you're like, I got to get one more thing in there. <laughs> Jack Taylor, I just wanted to give to Jordan Poole tonight. Six for ten. Three yeah, for absolutely. Seven. He killed us in the fourth quarter. Him and Toscano Anderson hit a couple big threes at the end that really changed the pace of this game. But again, uh, just frustrating to see them them. F, F nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just kind of Anderson, right? That guy, yeah. if he couldn't look any more annoying, I don't even know, dude. Uh, he seriously had to look on his face like, I'm just going to hate this guy the whole game. And he played all 48 minutes, I'm sure, because I was pissed off the whole night looking at him. <laughs> and it was seven points, but it just felt like they were heavily weighted points, if you will. So um, that being said, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and talk about what I saw on the opposing SB Nation site, Golden State of Mind. SB Nation says. So that is a pretty good SB Nation site name. You know, we've had some interesting ones like SLC Dunk. Like, okay, Salt Lake City Dunk, I get it. But like Bright Side of the Sun, that's a good name. That's a that, that, that's like top tier SB Nation names. Golden State of Mind's another top tier one. It's just like it's good. It, it flows That's really good. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed hanging out a little bit over there tonight. See what they were saying. Not not much. Uh, they're not nearly as engaged as I thought they would. Seeing as this is a team that's won multiple NBA finals, uh, I didn't see what the final count was on the bright side of the sun uh, open thread. But again, it's a good place for people to go. If you're if you want to discuss the Suns throughout the game and you don't want to hang out on Twitter, just go to the Bright Side of the Sun open threads. It's a great place to interact with your fellow Suns fans. Pretty educated people there too. Um, but a couple things that I did notice that they said they go look at how the Dubs are playing with an eight man rotation against all these stacked teams. When Clay is back and the Dubs pick up some extra talent, we are going to be unstoppable. 
Yeah, Booker had the yeah. opportunity to really overtake Clay Thompson as one of the best or the best shooting guard in the league. But man, when you talk about Clay Thompson coming back, but just him himself on any team, that guy is like I think he's my favorite player in the league. He absolutely is just the best shooting guard. And I don't even know. This team's gonna be stacked next year with him back. Yeah. Because the effort will be there. Oh, yeah. And you know, again, they have James Wiseman, which some people are pro, some people are anti. I think it was a really good pick. Seeing as how their roster was built out, you know, some people are like, man, yeah. you could have Lamelo right there. It's gonna and you take could just time. Carried it right through. It's like that's so well, dumb. You, I know. I know. The same people that didn't want Lamelo to go top ten. So yeah, just shut up. Wiseman will be fine. He was good. He just it's a weird season for him, man. I just and he you know he's been injured, but he's what that team needs. They need an interior presence. So I, I guess think not that, tonight. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. They didn't need it tonight. Uh, People have been sleeping on this team, thinking it's all Steph. It's mostly Steph, but a lot of other things have come into play since the Wiseman injury. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot out of these guys. Just imagine this team with Clay. Everyone keeps talking about Clay. Uh, and one or two high-quality vets. Moving pool, JTA, and Bays down the rotation. So, again, you know the, the thing that the Golden State fans are noticing about their team is a lot of their guys are stepping up and playing well, and it's going to make them appealing on the market, which is going to allow them to go get the Jay Crowders of the world next year. It's going to allow them to add that yeah. depth that they want. Uh, so it's it's been like a win-win situation. They, they get to see Apex Steph pretty much reincarnated. They, ha- they are watching this young talent develop into tradable assets now, and they know that Clay Thompson is, uh, is just, you know, lurking, coming back next season. So, you know, they're they're very happy in Golden State. They are, and honestly, if I was a Golden State fan, I would have Clay Thompson. Maybe three posters on my wall of him. Just an absolutely amazing person, you know. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you you. I, don't I know, know what you, talking about. I don't know. You just, I just love, I you love Clay. I am so scared of him. He He's is, the scariest man. guy to watch. Oh, to play against. I don't want him back at all. Dude. Well, well, I mean, what was the record? He had like what, like twenty-seven points in one quarter, and had like four he had, dribbles. Well, he had sixty points in the third quarter. Yeah. Not in one quarter, but 60 points the, in the, the game. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, he had like seven dribbles in that game. Like he's he's just deadly, man. And he can Dynamite. go absolutely off. Uh, the last thing I noticed on the SB Nation site, uh, what is it? Wiggins and Baysmore have been playing great tonight. Seems like Steph is rushing things, needs a few to go in. Uh, again, the, the high score of the game was Wiggins with 38 points in yeah. 40 minutes. Just absolutely eviscerated our interior and then was hitting big threes as well. So That's disgusting, man. Oh, real quick, I had a question. Uh, Draymond Green, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite guy to talk about. Uh, is he still a quality player to you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Damn it. He I, was is. Hoping, I was hoping you'd say no so we could like argue about it, but uh, I, completely, yeah, he, I completely agree. He makes the biggest difference, man. You don't notice him too much until you do notice him. He just <laughs> makes the biggest difference in those moments, man. Like He'll come up big any situation as long as the momentum's there, or not momentum, but as long as he can give a little bit of energy and some spark from wanting to play and actually being in a good situation. It's taken a while this season for him to get going, but once he's there, dude, he... It's not like he's unstoppable, but he makes big plays, and he's still like a top thirty player in the NBA. I think, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if he's a top thirty player in the NBA uh, when you're referencing his of actual all time. St- his 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 actual <laughs> statistical input. But he's definitely a top thirty player in the team as far as his influences on the court. And I know that now that we have a player like CP3 and Jay Crowder, for that matter, two players who play. M- who who play bigger than their their box score? That's what Draymond Green does. He plays mm-hmm. bigger than his box score. The way that he motivates his teammates, the way that he can be pesky and get under the skin of the opposition, that's what's needed in basketball. I mean, those are everyone here, and by everyone here, I mean you and I. Uh, we <laughs> we grew up playing basketball on courts, and there was some guy. There was always a couple guys who on on the grade school courts that you just you hated playing against because they were just pricks like they weren't good per se you know they maybe could grab a rebound but they you know they they weren't the most athletic guy on the team but they knew that they could beat you with mind games and you just hated playing against them and but when they were on your team you loved playing with those guys because you knew they were going to be getting under the skin of the best player on the opposition and allowed you an opportunity to win and that's what draymond has been for years now granted he's had higher statistical input in the past but that's what he continues to be. And you see it and you know, you're watching tonight and you're watching how he, he plays his game. And again, I, I, I can't stand Draymond green, but I respect the hell out of him. Yeah. He's honestly, he's a sociopath though. 
He's a yes. guy that he seriously can probably rob a bank by just talking to someone, talking to the clerk. Like that's the way I think he is on the court. He can do absolutely whatever he wants because he knows what to do and how to pull the strings on the players he's playing against. I guess my big question, Matthew, is he a Capricorn or whatever? Oh, you know what? I could probably guess. I bet you he's uh his he was born in October or December, I bet you. That's your guess? Yeah. What is he? I'm I'm my computer's always slow. Okay. Let's see. He was born March fourth. So you suck ah, at this game. I suck. You suck at this game. That was well, life, and, and, and and Kenneth Payne says in the chat, Wiggins sucks. <laughs> yeah, Wiggins sucks, but <laughs> yeah. he scored thirty eight against us. So mm-hmm. he, he sucks normally, but uh he didn't suck tonight. Okay. So Good, good for uh, old boy Wiggins there, man. Good for old boy Wiggins, as Dave King would say. Fuck. <laughs> Matthew, it's that time. Jam star of the game. All right, Matthew, it's time for the jam star of the game. A reminder to everybody who is watching along live. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button button on this podcast. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I don't know who went first last time. So you tell me who the jam star of the game is this time. Oh, I'm going to go Devin Booker because if we lose this game and he does not show, <laughs> holy crap, right? We got a lot of questions of what we're going to have to see because that second half was just something that made me a little bit more positive than I should have been after the loss just to keep my hopes alive. It's like if Booker doesn't show this game and show that he can adjust to whatever the defense is throwing at him in a big game, then we're kind of screwed a little bit. We have a lot to worry about, and that took about half my worry away. So jam star for not making me melt tonight and stay up all night. I'll tell you what. If Devin Booker doesn't do what he does in this game, we're not complaining about Devin Booker. Uh, we get boat raced. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with all, what uh, a lot of our jamsters are saying mm-hmm. in the chat. You have uh, Christian Zabrowski, Crowder, of course. Hey dot zero J, uh, Amy Rain J, Christopher, Christopher Stute Crowder. Um, Sun's jam session is the star tonight. <laughs> we appreciate. Oh wow, that was, that was, that was interesting. Uh, Fabio gives it to Book. Kenneth Payne gives it to Frank Kaminsky. Trash man of the game is a DA. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jay Crowder because, you know, he's reinserted into the starting lineup. He is in fuego. He reminds you that he can be Super J. And we know that he's had his bouts where he goes one for eight from the from the three-point line uh, and, and puts those performances together that are just frustrating. And it was nice to see him reinserted and reminds us that, you know, yeah, Jay Crowder can be a big part of this team. I mean, third highest scorer of the team. And we really wasted a solid Jay Crowder performance tonight by losing this game. So he is my jam star of the game. Thoughts. Um, brains. So a lot of the jamsters are bringing it up in the chat. Uh, you're giggling about something. Yeah, they're <laughs> trash man of the game. Trash man of the game. Yeah. De- DeAndre Ayton. Softest ass of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd say poor DA, but no, nah, you're right. Bag on yeah, him. He, he earned it man. tonight, man. He we knows. needed him in this one. We needed him in this one. Um, but just real quick, I just want to talk. You know, a lot of the jamsters are saying in the chat, the Lakers have officially won. So... Uh, they are now, you know, again, we want them to continue right. to win and we want Portland yes. to lose or Dallas to lose. You know, there's two teams right there that they are one game behind for the sixth seed in the West. And again, I'd prefer them to play the sixth seed because if the Lakers are the sixth seed, the only way that the Suns would face them in the uh, uh, the playoffs would be Western if they conference, right? No, Sorry. no, we play the winner of the three six matchup. So if they beat the Clippers in the first round, I want the Battle of LA in the first round. I would yes, I think that would be fantastic. With. Do it. I mean, we've do been it. waiting for the matchup for forever. I don't yeah, think it's ever happened. Done in the first round, and then good. we play the winner of that. Yeah. And, just, uh, and they're tired and they're beat up. And hopefully we get a team that, you, you know, go. like hopefully we get Memphis or somebody. So yeah, and then the Suns can stop thinking about the fucking Lakers yes, so much. And I that's why we're losing these games because they're thinking about the Lakers. They're like, damn it, man. The fucking Lakers, man. Excuse my language. Uh, yeah, well, it's excused. I'll let that one go. Just that one, though. Guess what? All right. Guess what? We asked each other who wins the Sons of the Warriors. And my friend, we were both wrong because we both said the Sons. So that drops our records. I'm 32 and 21, and you're 33 and 20 on the season. <laughs> we're going to end up tied. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and who holds the tiebreaker? Me, because I've had more beers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's totally. the tiebreaker. I messed up. Or, <laughs> next up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you until the end of the season. That's the tiebreaker. <laughs> uh, next up is the Blazers. Uh, you have it saying at. It's actually a home oh, game. Oh, it's home. It is, the last home game for the Phoenix Suns this season. I like season. when I mess up, you call you call me out. Like they know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I call you out. So the reason Get I do that when I call when I call you out, the reason I do that is the same reason I call out people who work for me when they fuck up on things. If I if I do if I call you out, you won't do it again. But well, you continue and do it again. Podcast. <laughs> well, you just take your podcast and go home. Uh, but Suns play the Blazers on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a big game. Now, here's what's crazy for the Blazers, okay? Their last few games are going to be really rough. They have the Jazz tomorrow, and then they play the Suns. So they're facing that same little road trip that the Golden State Warriors are currently on, where they have to go to Utah and then on the second night play Phoenix. So yeah. it'll be really interesting if they play the Jazz tomorrow, lose to the Jazz tomorrow, and then come to Phoenix with a chance to potentially drop to the seven seat. So that's a that's a pretty big game we have there on Thursday. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think it was Burns and Gamble I was listening to. They're like, what, didn't they say to lose to the Warriors and then beat the? All you want to do is beat Portland and then lose the other games, right, or something like that. So something this like is that. yeah, is exactly what you just said. So absolutely, yeah. you want them to actually beat the crap out of them. Maybe the Suns know that. Maybe we just don't know. Maybe we're, they're just outsmarting us and acting like uh, you know these games kind of matter even though they don't because they want to position themselves. But uh, Portland, it's funny because I feel like they've always had injury problems, and then once they actually get everybody back, people don't really realize how it takes a little bit to get chemistry back together. Still a scary team. I think I talked about it before where I'm so scared of them. I know they haven't been playing the best ball, but they're one of the favorites going at the season for a reason. So even if we were to play in the playoffs, I would definitely be frightened. But this matchup, I really hope they can try to prove something before the San Antonio series because – those games probably won't matter. So this one is a good one to really go out and win by like 20 or 25. That would feel fantastic. If we're sitting here on Thursday night, and we just fucking kick the shit out of these guys. It would uh, feel great. It, it, it really would. You know, it's a team that you look at how it's, it's played out so far this season. Uh, we've lost to them twice. You know I mean? Yeah. It's a team that we have not, or no, we've beat them twice. Yeah, we've beat them twice. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at Portland's face. You're like, yeah, John's. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb shit. But I yeah, always agree with say. whatever you say. I always agree. <laughs> we've beat them twice. Uh, and again, you know, you look at the way that their season ends, they go Jazz, Suns, Nuggets. That's their last three. And I would really like, you know, and granted, this is a team that's won four games entering tomorrow night's game against the Jazz. So they're playing well. They're starting to feel that chemistry. And it would be nice if we just. <laughs> Take that win yeah. right out of their sails and win this game. Now, you know, again, Dame is somebody who is scary, and you have to be ready for Dame time. But I'm not overly scared of Dame time. I just, I never have been because that entire team is someone who one we've played well against, and two, uh, they don't play a lot of defense. And I feel like the Suns are going to get their shots. They just have the ability to, sh- to they have to have the ability to knock them down. Uh, the matchup to watch for me in this game is DeAndre Ayton versus anybody because I just want to see him play like a man dude again, man dude. that's my go-to deandre versus anybody especially after games like this where even john is out of his mind tonight swearing deandre's name so i i'm gonna watch him too that way john is okay next time doesn't have a heart attack next pod who wins i got the suns who do you got this crunch time dude suns suns okay i got the suns we want this one we need this one good juju i'll save my uh my anti-matthew bets for the final two games of the season against the Spurs. So got to go with the sun. Got to go with the suns on this one. Um, Anything else that I missed Matthew before we get out of here tonight? Oh, one thing that is interesting though, the Uh warriors. Okay. So the warriors are trying to hold off the, uh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, right? That Mm -hmm. game could potentially come down to this Sunday for who gets the eight seed and who gets the nine seed. Cause they played each other already twice and it's one and one, and they play each other in the last game of the season. That's going to be really fucking cool. And sprink, sprinkling the fact that uh, Steph Curry is going to be trying for the scoring title as well. So it's going to be fun. Oh, dude, the end of the season is just amazing. Anyone that complains about any of this 
playing stuff is it's a baloney butt. They're completely just a baloney butt because this is the best baloney basketball. Butt. Some of the games aren't that great because you don't have a lot of the stars playing and they're not as competitive, but it matters because we're still talking about basketball right now. And yeah, I think the playing uh, games are a great idea. And uh shout out to Glenn Brown in the chat. He donated $10 via the super chat. He just oh, says, thanks guys from Sydney, thank Australia. You. So thank you, Glenn. And thank you for joining us all the way from Australia. Uh, it's really humbling to hear that you uh, you're you're watching and you know just hearing kind of globally where all of our fans are at of this show it, it really is it's touching we're just a couple of idiots who like to uh, I like to drink beer Matthew likes to drink water and we and we just like talking sons we always have for and it's great that other people <laughs> want to join us on that journey so uh, what's so funny I don't even say funny things well, I'm drinking water because it's so disrespectful to the show <laughs> you're such a twat uh, on that oh. note. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. A reminder to everybody in the chat, if you are watching along live, go ahead, subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. If you're not watching along live, thanks for joining us and watching us after we're all done. You know, we, we don't give enough of a shout out to the people who come and watch yeah. us after we're live. So thank you for supporting the Suns Jam Session podcast and our YouTube channel. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review. I don't have any new five-star Apple podcast reviews to read on this podcast. So... Maybe next time, stop by, give us five stars. Let us know what you're thinking. Follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. Lissy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. On that note, I'm out of here. See you Thursday, Suns fans. Everyone be safe, be happy, be horny. Yeah, everyone go home and love your family.